Thanks, Zip. That'd be awesome to hear about families working together. I, I, I don't know about you, but uh, my kids weren't super excited to rake leaves with me. But uh, apparently uh, Zip was, so that's a good example, kids. Amen. Well, we've been in the book of Ephesians now for, I think, two months, somewhere around that neighborhood, and we've explored all kinds of things in Ephesians, right? Who we are, uh, what we're supposed to do. Uh, we've talked about being a community. We've, we've talked about belonging. We've, uh, we've talked about the armor of God. We've talked about quite a few things. And today, I want to uh, summarize and just wrap Ephesians up as we go into uh, missions emphasis. So, we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So, you might think this is a little odd, like, hey, I thought we are going to wrap Ephesians up. Why are we going to the first couple of verses in the book? And I think we're going to go here because really all of Ephesians, uh, of all of Paul's writings, it's really a book of encouragement. And it's a book of encouragement because of exactly why Paul starts off here. He starts off in verse, after introducing himself in verses 1 and 2, he says, hey, uh, uh, he sets the tone for the book. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So he says this, we are blessed because we are unified with Christ. And then he goes on and he starts talking about all the things that we've talked about. So he begins uh, writing Ephesians with thinking of blessing. Now, when we think of blessing, often it's in terms of things like, um, you know, having everything that we need, right? When someone says, uh, are you blessed? And they're like, yeah. and you start thinking, yeah, I've you know, I've got food on my table, I've got clothes on my back, I've got a roof over my head, I'm blessed, I have everything I need. Or we think of it in terms of getting what we want. Like, like I wanted this new something, or I wanted that, or I wanted this relationship, or I wanted that, and so I'm blessed because I, I received what I wanted. Or we think in terms of uh, blessings of, you know, I've got friends, I've got family, I've got people around me who love me, I'm blessed. Maybe you're your reasoning and thought lens of blessing is through it. Hey, I've got my health, and that's what matters. I'm, I'm healthy, so I'm, I'm blessed. Or maybe you've got a lack of conflict in your life. Hey, right now, I'm not really fighting with anybody. There's no, no conflict. I'm in a state of kind of peace, and, you know, so I'm blessed. Maybe you've got a new well-paying job, so you're like, man, I'm blessed. Now, all these things can be in our blessings, but Paul points out that we have blessings that even if you don't have any of those things, you're still blessed. And that's important for us to remember because all of the things that we normally filter through as blessings are things that can be taken from us or things we can lose. Right? We don't always have a conflict-free environment. We don't always have all of our needs met. We don't always have good health. We don't always get what we want. We don't always have a well-paying job. And sometimes our friends and our family seem far away, right? So, and it's even 
worse if all of those things are missing in your life. You can make a sense of, Am I, is, is God against me? But Paul points out that, that we, are, we are blessed in Christ. And he goes through Ephesians, and we've looked at some of these things, and we said, hey, these are blessings from God. And so we want to wrap up Ephesians with that mindset that, hey, there are blessings we have in Christ. So that even if the temporal things or the things that you see with your own eyes or the things that you desire you don't have, you are still in a state of blessing. Amen? Well, let's look at that. How are we blessed? The first one, uh, we look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. It says this, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of of God's grace. The first and to me the most obvious blessing we have is the forgiveness of our sins. And if you forgot what a blessing that is, uh, it would be good to remind yourself. Because uh, if, if, if you remember back pre-Christ, uh, for some that maybe is recently, for some that be, might be decades, like there was a point in your life where you were an enemy of God just by the way you thought and by the way you acted, that you and God were far apart. Your sins were on your shoulders. Uh, I can remember when I gave my life to Christ and I felt his, uh, his cleansing power in my life. I felt like half my weight. I just walked out like, man, wow, I feel like I'm walking on the moon. You ever seen those guys who walk on the moon? They're just like, it just, I felt different. I didn't have the weight of my sin on my shoulders. God had forgiven me. And that's a blessing. People go their entire life never feeling, never knowing, never being set free from the sin in their life. And we can, we can do a lot of things to try to convince ourselves that we're awesome people. Right? But we know in the back of our heads who, who we are and that we're not always awesome people. And sometimes that weight, the forgiveness... Of sin. Then Paul goes on in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. He says this As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. And then here's the blessing. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We've been saved and set free from the power of sin. We've been made alive. Our, the blessing that we have is we were living in death. God saved us from that and moved us into the life category, that we are alive in Christ. We are seated with Christ. Now, I know that seems like allegory. It seems like, geez, I don't see that. But spiritually speaking, in the unseen world, we are sitting side by side with Christ in the heavenly realms. That's a blessing. That I am no longer the tail, but I am, I am the head. Right? I am no longer the under, but I'm on top. You're not above Christ. 
But most of the time when we were sinning, we certainly felt on the bottom of the totem pole, right? We're, we, were, we were underfoot. And the bondage that sin had on us, Paul talks about it, uh, that the, the sins that he doesn't want to do, he finds himself doing, right? This, the, the bondage that sin has, that even though you go, I don't want to do this anymore, I don't want to be like this anymore, you still find yourself doing it. All of that sin, that power that we've, it's done. We've been saved and we've been set free from the power of sin. It's a blessing. It's blessed to be forgiven of our sins. It's blessed uh, to be reconciled with God. It's, we're blessed when we've been freed from sin and made alive. It's a blessing that God has provided for us through Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Next we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. And it says, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accord with his pleasure and will. And you go, what is all of that, right? Well, I used to say that anyway. In love, he predestined us to adoption to sonship with Christ Jesus. So, uh, what does it mean to be adopted? It means now you've been invited and you're permanently part of this family. Right? So God, God adopted us with Christ Jesus. And so we're part of God's family now. And so the blessing, one of the blessings God has given us is that we belong to a community of believers. And it's called God's family. It's called different things throughout Scripture. It's called the family of God. It's called... Uh, uh, he calls again Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Amen. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. We're citizens of heaven is what he's saying. That in Christ, we belong to a, a community of believers. We belong, we're citizens of heaven. We're the body of Christ. And that's a blessing. I mean, sometimes, you know, all families bicker, right? Right? All families don't always just agree on everything. All of us feel like we have the crazy uncle we don't understand, but he's still family. Right? Or I, I, I love the, uh, uh, I mean, Geico makes some awesome commercials. Making, like the one where they're sitting there and he's like, yeah, we bought this house, but we have ants. You, you have, have you seen that one? And, the, and you know, Aunt Joni and Aunt Betty are around the house, and they're like, you know, oh, it's very dirty in here. And, you know, they're making all these comments that, you know, you ha all of us have those ants in our life, right? Who go, oh, no, Aunt so-and-so, right? It's just hilarious. We all have that as part of our family. So that shouldn't surprise us when we experience that in the church as well. It's still a blessing. See, because our common denominator in this family is the fact that we are saved by grace that we've been set free from our sins and we're part of a body of Christ that looks different, that functions different. But we've all come to the realization that Christ died for us. 
that by His grace and His mercy and His love, He's saved us and He's set us free. And that He's brought us together to do His purposes and to build each other up and to edify one another and to encourage one another and to, and to, and to live this life and carry this message He's given us to. That's, that's what we do together. That's why we gather on Sundays and you continue to join us online. I mean, in all honesty, if, if, if I wasn't part of a family, if I just felt like this was, was just pro, programming, it'd be hard to watch every week online or drag myself out of bed and come here if it wasn't more than that, right? We're blessed to be part of a body of believers who help us learn, who help grow, who we develop our gifts and we serve one another and, and, and we get to do life together. Blessed to be part of a body of Christ, even if it doesn't always function the way we think it should or we want it to. It's still a blessing. It's a blessing because we're a citizen of heaven. We're part of a bigger community that's bigger than ourselves. Right? And and you may not think like, how is some, being part of something bigger than myself a good thing? Because we were never. We were never meant to be islands to ourselves. God always created us to need other people. And so we learn that when we're part of a body, when we're involved in something that's bigger than us, it's the cure for narcissism. What else is a bless? We've looked at, we've said, hey, uh, in Christ... We have the blessing of being saved and set free from sin. We have the blessing of being part of a larger community. What else is, is a blessing that Ephesians points to us? In Ephesians um, chapter... Wow, oh, I missed a lot of verses. I'm sorry. I just got excited and was preaching. <laughs> Ephesians uh, 2.19 tells us that we're no longer foreigners and strangers, but we're fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household. And then in 3.6, he talks about the mystery of the gospel of bringing Gentiles and Israels together to make one body members of one body. That's just the scriptures I had for my last point. Um, in Ephesians 3.17-19, through 19, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And he goes, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is extraordinary. First of all, we are loved by Christ. It's a blessing. But we're not just loved. Paul actually says, hey, verse 18 that we may have the power to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. And it's a love that surpasses knowledge. What does that mean? A love that surpasses knowledge. Well, well what are the things that we have in our life? We have, a, we have a knowledge, an intellectual knowledge, right? And then we have a, we have a knowing here that really doesn't connect with here. Sometimes you felt that conflict, like what you feel here doesn't necessarily always line up with what, what information you have here. 
And you go, yeah, my, my mom's phrase growing up was always, my gut tells me this. My, in my gut, I feel like this. And it used to drive me crazy as a kid because I used to say, what does your gut have to do with anything? Think about it, Mom. But there is a love that can surpass knowledge. There's a love that can surpass how you think about something or how you perceive something or your understanding of something. You can say, I don't understand that at all, but I know he loves me. And he says, basically what he's saying is, you can, uh, his, his, his love is, is unreachable. You can't find the bottom. You can't find the parameters of God's love. You can't get to the edge and say, oh, here's God's love, here's not God's love. He's saying that his prayer is that we would be able to grasp and try and attempt to grasp the magnitude of God's love for us. I would venture to say that many of us uh, uh, don't take that challenge. Right? We understand this part of God's love and we just live there. But the reality that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. His love is pure. His love is holy. That we're loved by Christ regardless of our actions, good, bad, or indifferent. That our love, is, uh, our love of Him is based in Him. It's not based in us. I mean, we've talked about love before, right? We've talked about, sometimes, you know, we love somebody, we evaluate, like, well, you know, are they a good person? Do we connect? Uh, do we meet mutual needs? And we have this fondness that grows because of a, a, another person, whether that's um, love of a friend or, or, or love of someone of the opposite sex. Yet we just, a lot of our love is based on them and their response. God's love is not based on, on you. His love is based on him for you. So therefore, there's nothing that you can do to, to drive him away. To make him stop loving you. I know there's probably some things I could do to my wife that would make her stop loving me. I don't really want to entertain those things. And I'm sure she would not like me to do any of the things that are possible. But there are some things I could, could probably do. But that's not the case with God. Is that not a blessing? That you have no fear that God's going to stop loving you because you messed up. Because you said the wrong thing. Because you, you didn't quite do something you knew you were supposed to do or respond a certain way. Uh, anything. That there is nothing that can separate you from God's love. This is a blessing. You can walk through life without fear. Right? That my relationship with Christ is secure. Thank you, Lord, that I'm, I'm loved by Christ regardless. His love has no end for me. This is, this is a blessing. What else has Ephesians talked to us about blessings? Well, in Ephesians 4, 21 through 24, he says this, When you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on your new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. What is Paul saying? 
He's saying one of the blessings God has given us is a new life to live. We have a new life. And and for for most people, that's that's a good thing. Now, some people might say, well, I don't want to live a different life. And that maybe keeps them from from coming to Christ. But we know that any, any life this world has to offer us pales in comparison to the life that we have in Christ. And what, what does this new life have uh, that's appealing, that, 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 is, that is a blessing to us? It has purpose, we have purpose, and we have power. And let me read those to you this morning. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God's given us a purpose. So we no longer have to, to walk aimlessly through this world just wondering, what should I do? What should I do? Who am I? What am I supposed to do? Why was I even created? Why am I on this place? He answers those questions for us in, a, in our new life. That you were created, you are his masterpiece, and that you were created for good. And I don't know about you, but when I was younger, I was wondering, like, why, why am I on this planet? Am I just here to, like, fulfill some pleasures and then I drift away and die? Am I, am I here to just, why am I here? And God just, God gives us a plan, He gives us a purpose. In Ephesians 4, uh, couple of verses I'm going to jump through. He said in verse 1, he says, As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So he's saying you've been called to live a life in Christ. And he's saying, hey, you make, we talked about this uh, earlier. Line up your calling with your new life in Christ. They should match. In verse 7, he says, To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. He's talking about... Um, the gifts that Christ comes, verse 11 and 12. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to do what? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So God gives you, a, he creates you with a purpose to do good. He gives you gifts some of those gifts are, are your leaders and, and, and spiritual leaders to help equip you to do those good works to that purpose that God has given you. That you're created on purpose. And so a good part of our uh, early life as Christians is to discover who am I in Christ and how has God created me. Begin to give those gifts away that God has given us. Because you are made new. You are alive in Christ. I love the fact, too, though, that he gives us purpose. He gives us the power to do as well. Because if you notice, all of these scriptures are from Ephesians. We're just hanging out in Ephesians today. In Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. How many of you know the hope to which you've been called? Three of you. Awesome. More preaching. <laughs> God's given us a hope. But he hasn't just given us the hope. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. 
and His incomparably great power for us who believe. So, He's given us a great power for those who believe. And it's not just, well, what kind of power is this, Pastor Steve? It's the power, that power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in heavenly realms. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is available to you. And you know what unleashes that? It's faith. It's believing that that's true. So you say, well, I haven't, I haven't experienced that power, Pastor Steve, you know. I just, I'll just sit back and wait for, for God's power to drop, and then I'll go walk in that power. And God says, that's not the way I do things. You see, faith unlocks everything in the unseen. All these blessings that we're talking about, they're yours by faith. <clears throat> Which is why uh, we're going to get there in the, in the next blessing, is the fight then is over your mind and your heart. Because that's where faith is, right? Faith is, faith is you're believing in and trusting in God's promises. You're believing and trusting in the character of God. So when God says, hey, the same power that I used to raise Christ from the dead is available to you, it's available to you when you say, thank you, I believe it, and you start walking in it. It's not available to you if you go, yeah, I need to see that, Lord, before I do anything. He says, well, it's yours. You just have to, you have to believe me and come get it. So it's by faith. You and I have this, this power. And you go, well, it's not a, it's not a magical power. It's not a, um, like a genie in a bottle lamp kind of power. It's, it's the power to be and to do everything God has put in you. Amen? We're blessed with a new life to live which has purpose and which has power. I, I want to pause here for, for, for a moment because some of, the, some of the rhetoric I hear in society and from, from Christians is that our ability to, to live the life that God has called us to does not hinge on external things outside of us. It doesn't hinge on <clears throat> who's in power and who's in office. It doesn't hinge on correct policies. It, it, it doesn't hinge on whether our economy is flourishing or, or what's the opposite of flourishing? Diminishing or whatever. It, n our ability to have the promises that God has given us does not hinge on any of that. None of it. Now, now, some of it makes it easier, but it doesn't hinge on it. Because God has given us His promises, and, and they have nothing to do with what country you live in, what nationality you raise, what laws you abide under, it, nothing. 
It's an internal position in a, in a stance. You say, I have a new life, I have purpose, and God has given me the power to live this way regardless of what's happening around me. I'm going to live in my purpose. I'm going to worship my God. I'm going to be everything God has created me to be regardless of where society says or what society does. Amen. So therefore, I'm not, I'm not rocked when things don't go the way I hope they go. And I'm not just talking politically, economically, socially, relationally. God's blessings are yours regardless. The only, uh, the, the only, um, sorry, I lost my, my train of thought. Not my train of thought, the word. Uh, the only condition is that you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, then the promises are released in your life by faith, meaning you trust and you believe in those blessings. Which is why uh, Ephesians 6.10, the last blessing that, that we talked that God has given us, is he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Well, what's the devil's schemes? To get you to believe the lie. To get you to believe the lie that you're not a citizen of heaven, that Christ doesn't love you, right? That, that you, ha- you don't have a new life, there's no power, that your life, uh, your, the life that you are supposed to live is somehow contingent on, on your family lining up, or your job lining up, or your, your political persuasion lining up, or your, your bank account lining up, or any of these kinds of things. None of it. He tries to get you to believe that lie because guess what? None of that stuff ever lines up. You might have the right political thing going on, but then ec- economically you got no money in your pocket to do it. You lost your job. Or, or, or maybe your family's lined up, but this isn't lined up. And so now you're all, all your, your life you're chasing, these things have to be in order before I can. It's, it's the lie. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on your armor. It's God's armor. It's not ours. You say, well, I can't fight the devil by myself. I, I know you can't. God knows you can't. He says, that's why I put on my armor. So that you can, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, we're not going to re-preach. You can go back a few uh, week or two and listen to the sermon on that. But God's given you, one of the blessings he's given you is he's given you armor to withstand the devil's schemes against your life. And 90, this is a, a, a percentage I'm making up. It's like a Google percentage. Okay? Like 90% of the battles that you fight in life are all right here. They're all right here. Thinking about what's going to happen, what could happen if that happens, and could happen if that happens, if that happens, if that happens. Like, i got to have a plan for this, and oh my gosh. Like, like, I know, I'm a planner. That's my wife. 
I, I start thinking about, I have contingencies for my contingencies. Like, you know, in some places it's healthy, in other places it's not. But God's given us the armor to withstand the devil's schemes against our lives. The battlefield of the mind, which affects your faith, which affects the releasing of the blessings of God in your life. Let me wrap, wrap this up today. Ephesians 1, 3 start off saying that God has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. That regardless of what's happening in your life around you, in, the, in, in what you can see and touch and taste and smell, or hear, that there are blessings that you have from God because of your position with Jesus Christ. Those don't change. And though you unlocking those in your life is solely based on your, your faith, your believing, is this true? That I am saved and I am set free from the power of sin in my life. That I am part of a community, the body of Christ and a fellow citizen of heaven. So that what that means is that in this, in this world, I have, a, I have a community of people I can live life with who, who I can encourage and they can encourage me. But then when I die and I leave this place, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a city, there's a, uh, in, in, in the outer world, in heaven, where I'm going to go and I'm going to live forever in this community. I'm a citizen of heaven. That, so that's a blessing of God, that, that I am loved by Christ deeply and that there's nothing that I can do that's going to change that. That, that I have a new life to live that has purpose and that has power to carry it out. And in all of this, God has given me some armor to protect me from the devil to destroy me and remove these blessings from my life. So regardless of, of the size house you live in and, and your car and your family and, and the country and laws and all these kinds of things, that you, you are blessed because you live in Christ. And so whether... Whether, whether you're, you're struggling this week or you're celebrating this week, it doesn't change. Whether you are rich or you are poor, it doesn't change. Whether you're living in uncertainty or in certainty, it doesn't change. Whether you are living in sickness or whether you're living in health, it doesn't change. Whether you're prospering or, or man, the, the money's flowing out faster than you can blink. You know, it's, it doesn't change. The blessings of God... Uh, are, are cross-cultural, uh, cross-social uh, distances, or every variable of life, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're Japanese. It doesn't matter if you're Brazilian. It doesn't matter if you're American, Canadian. Right? It, it, this is God we're talking about. My prayer for you today as, I, as we close this up is this. That no matter what, where we're at in life, because it's equally as important for us to remember that we're blessed in Christ when we have material blessings around us. When we're getting what we want, right? When we have everything we need, those can sometimes create false blessings that take us away from the real blessing. So our mindset in all circumstances should be I am blessed in Christ. It's in Christ I find my blessings. 
And Ephesians lays out so many blessings we have. And I pray today that as you leave here, that you, you can say, not because uh, uh, you know, you're, you're faking it until you make it, like, I'm blessed in Jesus. Right? There's, this, there's a, I'm blessed and highly favored, right? And sometimes people really believe that, and sometimes they're just saying it because they hope one day it's true. Right? You can, you can hear the difference, you know the difference. But the reality is you are blessed in Christ regardless. Know that today. Know that as you're, as you're going to work tomorrow. Know that when you're waking up in the morning, regardless of what you're waking up to, I'm blessed. Because of Christ, I am blessed. And nothing's going to change that. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you that in you, we are blessed. That, that we, are, we are saved and we're set free. That we're part of a body of Christ. That we are loved by you. That we, you've given us a new life to live. And you've given us protection in all of those things. And Lord, I pray today that as we leave this place, that it would, these, these things would sit in our spirits and our hearts. That we would know them. That, hey, regardless of what's going on in my life, that because of my position in Christ, I am blessed. And these are blessings nobody can take from me because they're given to me from you. Lord, help us to see the blessings that we have. Help us to walk in them. Help us to obtain them by faith. Lord, I pray for for our church. I um, I pray, Lord, that we would set you high on as a high priority in our life above all things. That, Lord, there are a lot of things in our lives that we are important. There are a lot of things that we need to give our energies and attention to. But, Lord, may we always keep you at the top. That, Lord, when all the other stuff is, is crazy and seems out of control or seems important, that, Lord, we would look to you and say, ah, but, but that's most important. Lord, we thank you that we could come in this place with like-minded people. We can lift up holy hands and worship you, that we can hear your word and, and see how you feel. And Lord, help us to leave this place, remember these things, and live our life from this knowledge rather than anything else that the world may offer. We praise you and worship you in your holy name. Amen.